The podcast you're about to hear is made possible thanks to the generous supporters of patreon.com forward slash Ian Bowlesworth and patreon.com forward slash burials and beyond. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to contribute and you'd like to get involved, there's tons of other content on both patrons as well, then please consider coming joining and helping the project along. Thank you. Welcome to Loopholes, episode 21, your weekly discussion podcast about all things esoteric and esoterotic. I'm Kate Cheryl. Hello. And I'm Ian Bowlesworth. Hello. 21 episodes. Key to the door. Yes. Yeah, but we can't talk about that because you've left too many comments again. I tried my very hardest last week (laughs) to put people off commenting. They're having none of it. They're still commenting. Do you want to start with yours? Yeah, let's have a go. Hello, by the way. Welcome to the show. But we're just completely hindered by the fact that people keep talking to us. I know. You'd almost think this is a discussion podcast, wouldn't you? It's disgusting. That's what they've misunderstood. Uh. You've misunderstood. It is myself and Kate that have the discussion, not you. (laughs) And then we'll get no comments and we will cry. Hey, guys, keep the comments coming. There you go. Balanced it. Yeah, he's doing a lovely smile, listener. Just imagine that. Yeah. So, comments. Lots of lovely people saying that they have subscribed and shared on Twitter. Now we've gone public. Oh, yes, of course. It went public, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. last week was the the big launch date. So, lots of lovely support there. And um, quite a lot of stuff on horror films and the way we kind of react to body horror. Did we talk about that? that? Well, we mentioned American Werewolf in London. Right, okay. And I think that hit a nerve with a lot oh, of okay. people Oh, okay, so about well. how that can influence your dreams. I did say that, didn't I? I yes. said about yeah. people watching extreme things before they yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. Then being surprised that they're having an awful night's sleep. Yes. <laughs> and that we underestimate yeah. how things go. Yeah, I did say that. So yeah. go on, what were they saying? So a lot of people mentioned the impact that American Werewolf had on them, like uh, Kevin Moore. What's, I can't let this go for too long. What's this mm. werewolf business? Werewolf. 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 I know people say werewolf, but it's normally an old villager in a film. (laughs) Oh, that'd be where the werewolf is. (laughs) But normal people in real life would say werewolf. Okay, um, so I sound like an old villager in a film. Pretty much. Describe to the lovely listener what I look like right now. Exactly like an old villager in a film. (laughs) You look a bit like Ada out of Sissy and Ada. (laughs) Oh no, oh no, I'm sorry. It's a lot to live up to next to you. I've made an effort. Oh, you always do. Look at this t-shirt. Barely got any moth holes in it. No, none at all. Barely. You can almost see the colour of it yeah. through the gravy stains. So, Warren also said about uh, American Werewolf that horror films are fine as long as he knows that they're fiction, but he can't bear to watch true horror like Saving Private Ryan style okay. things, which is exactly what I'm like as well, isn't it? But Saving Private Ryan, this is quite a complex thing, this. Yeah. Because Saving Private Ryan is, is obviously not the actual landing. No. No, it's not, but it's, it's a representation of that. It's like realistic. Yeah, it is. Horror, but I suppose. you could look at any slasher film and go, well, whilst it's not based on a specific incident, mm. this sort of thing does happen to people. I get it. It's that kind of. I'm. I'm exactly the same. Like when I'm seeing my mother and she's big into her police procedurals and really right, okay. horrible, brutal three-part series that are called things like you know, a woman in the well on fire. Right. Okay. And I have to. 
say it's been lovely seeing you, but I've got to go home now. Yeah. Because it's too realistic. The the violence is too real. And I know that that's the sort of thing that will stick with me. Whereas ghosts and ghoulies and werewolves um, <laughs> don't necessarily stick in my mind as much. I'm, yeah. I'm always vaguely reluctant, or I've always previously been vaguely reluctant, to talk about this sort of thing in a critical way, as if I'm calling for it to be banned or anything. I'm, yeah. I'm not at all. It can exist and it's fine. I'm just expressing how my emotions have changed to mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I guess I have started making slight judgment calls. On adults, it is. Yeah. People that are, are, have reached maturity. When we discussed last week mm-hmm. the idea of as you get older, you get desensitised to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always slightly, I don't know, maybe suspicious of people that don't. But that's based purely on the fact that I have become desensitised. Yes. Not that you should, but I guess because I have, I presumed that right-minded people do. Not desensitised, oversensitised to it, really, yes. isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think once your position has you know irreparably changed on that sort of thing yeah it's it's hard then i suppose to re-empathize with maybe a position that you used to have yeah it is just the idea of that being entertainment that Mm. being enjoyable yeah yeah i guess i would have argued it when in my younger years yeah same Same. so it's a it's a hard thing to not be a hypocrite about that if you're now pretty convinced yeah and it's not like a warped thing yeah it's not like we don't like horror because we both really share a love of like hammer horror and kind of a lot of 70s, De- 70s definitely horrors. there's been an increase mm-hmm. in what i like in that regard i like vintage horror yeah, universal so. monsters even hammer yeah, horror yeah. amicus and things like that mm-hmm. then things that are just kind of weirdly almost comfort watches and the they blood are. is orange <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm i don't know i don't want to come across as a snob though no, and again, isn't no, what I, I'm saying inherently snobbish? I'm hardly the ideal person to bounce that off because I think my mental journey with horror mm. has followed the same path. Very young, wanting more and more extreme, wanting video nasties, wanting to watch the most banned films. Mm. You know, and kind of almost seeing it like a checklist of things I have to see. I don't think I was ever seeking out the most extreme stuff. I don't think it was that. I think in my early teens... I I wanted more to see why things were banned. Yeah, okay, I like can relate banned to books, that. Like books, banned films. I can relate to that. Maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe it was yeah. that. But when I think back, I do also think that my attitude to horror might have always been the same. Mm. So it was never about gore for me. Yeah. You know, when I try and make peace with this, this kind of benign, superior attitude <laughs> that I seem to have developed about it. Yeah. But... When I actually think back and analyse, like this, I, I loved the Saw films and they're pretty extreme mm. in terms of the gore. But when mm-hmm. I think back, I think, no, I, that's not what I liked about that. I, I liked them despite that. Yeah. Like, I put up with that mm-hmm. because I was really fascinated by them writing an ongoing story based on one film mm. that had intricate plot twists within it yeah. that made sense 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. That's what I got from it. Yeah. Not oh, look how much of someone's energy you see. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. You know, it was kind of despite that, I mm. think, a little bit. Yeah. Warren, have you got any concepts of how many comments we've got? Don't get us <laughs> talking about summer. It's nothing to do with the esoteric this. Well, Warren's bored. Oh, sorry, Warren. Well, Sophie Cleverly yeah. has brought us back on track okay. with sleep paralysis. Yeah. And she said that, firstly, she was going to apologise that despite requesting an episode on sleep paralysis, right. she didn't comment. On oh, no, thank thing. you for not commenting, Sophie. Um, but the thing that's... just telling us the dreams, loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's bugged her in the past is how often she's seen people online 
telling their, quote, true ghost story experience. Mm. And that they mentioned that it happened when they were asleep and they felt a weight on their chest. Yeah. And then it becomes obvious that it, it really was just sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, you feel bad because it's an easy out. You yeah. Know, it's an and op- also, a bit of an open goal, really, isn't it? And again, if some of these experiences of sleep paralysis that mm. we've discussed, they're really traumatic and they feel very real. Yeah. So then you've got to kind of wrestle with, well, if I'm dismissing this experience that changed a big part of their mentality and their approach to life... Yeah. Am I just dismissing their trauma? You know, and it gets really muddy. Yeah, but it's invariably utterly nonsensical as well. So Mm. anything that involves, well, I woke up in the middle of the night and this happened. Mm. And I remember my mum telling me once about, was it her, yes, it was her grandmother. So it was my granddad's Mm mum. And it was when my granddad was poorly. Uh, He was going to have an operation and she was dead worried about him. I mean, he he lived a few years longer after Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, it was, it was, he was fine ish uh she in the midst of all that she said that her grandmother sat on the end of the bed mm-hmm. and was saying oh watson's going to be fat as my granddad mm-hmm. don't worry he's going to be all right it'll be you know all this sort of thing mm-hmm. and my mum said she was saying i don't think he is you know i don't think he's going to be all right and all this and my mum when she tells this story she always goes and i wasn't scared it felt very calm and mm-hmm. all this sort of thing and it's like well, then it didn't happen. Well, in that case, it didn't. No, no way. <laughs> there is no way. Much as I would love to see any one of my grandparents, mm-hmm. if they walked through that door right now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, how nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't. Yeah. They're away. Yeah. And if they came back, then something is it's either a ghost or I'm dreaming it or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be calm. Yeah. No way. So as soon as somebody says I was calm, it's like, well, then you were in the dream world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose you can always try and wedge that into thinking, well, well, maybe if you do get visitations from relatives, then the whole sensation itself is very calm Nonsense. and nice and lovely. She said, like, like if she had said to me, and at first I was so shocked at first, and mm. it was... I was, like, clutching the covers and stuff, but then when yeah. she started talking, I actually started feeling all right. If she had said that... I'd be more like, okay, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she was like, that her long dead grandmother was sat on the end of the bed when she woke up mm-hmm. and she didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, okay. Let's just ruin your mum's <laughs> experience. No, I'm not ruining it because there was a lot of contradictions with yes, that story. Okay. Anyway, like my granddad did come through the operation, but he wasn't all right. Yeah. I, can, I think there was a concern that he wouldn't mm-hmm. survive that operation. Yes. And yeah. he did. Yeah. So in that respect... He was all right. Yeah. But he was still very poorly and remained very poorly to his dying day, you know. Yeah. So he wasn't all right. Yeah. Well, I suppose but if you if you take, you know, all Esoterotica outside of it and just say yeah. that it was a, a dream, at least it brought comfort. Well, maybe, but I didn't know my great-grandmother, but, you know, she could, I will say she can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that's, I think that's perfectly fair. Yeah. So, back to the comments. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Better have, actually. Um... <laughs> Matt Ebbs has said, oh. yeah, but he said, right. No, no he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He hasn't. <laughs> I've heard that the Ouija name was French and German for yes, merged together, we and ya. Right, have you? Is that folk etymology or is that something which could work with the whole the spirit board named itself part of the story? Told you last week, Ebbs. Why are you questioning it? <laughs> Why don't you just say, sorry, everybody, I was wrong in what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> is that, so is there something to that? Well, the, to be honest, if you don't, really buy into the research that um, I think it was Robert Murch from the Talking Board Society okay. did, 
with all the the medium that named the board and the you know all the the letters. The story you told last week. Yes, yeah. yeah. If you don't believe all of that, um, then there aren't really any solid documents as to where the name come from. So it's pretty murky. What would be the sense in it being we and ya? So yes in French and yes in German. Yeah, there's. If it was we non or, or ya nine, yeah. yeah. If it was that, yeah. <laughs> the ya nine board. Yeah. I'd understand that. But what would be the sense in having two different countries' language? Yes yeah. in both. Yeah, mm. I don't know, but I do know. I think Matt Epps has really that... shown himself up. <laughs> I know your class is going to be so embarrassed for oh, you. He's a teacher, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. Um, but I do know that from the beginning of like of Ouija's life, it has been pronounced. Ouija. It hasn't yeah. been pronounced Ouija. Yeah, okay. Let's get to another comment. Okay. I'm really worried. I'm worried that Matt Ebbs is going to walk into his class tomorrow and there's going to be just rather an embarrassed silence. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the kids look at each other like, Someone, one of us has got to say something. Yeah. But sir, we listened to Loophole's podcast. <laughs> Thought you came across like a proper dick, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you've brought it upon yourself, Ebbs. You really have. So. Oh, I love picking on my abs. <laughs> I really do. And if somebody else did it, I'd knock them out. Yeah. <laughs> Callum McCarthy tried to keep his comment brief, and then he waffled on about Star Wars for ages, which, you know, Callum, I, I think you're a, a lovely, lovely person. Callum's my soccer count. I, <laughs> it honestly feels like it, because the amount of Star Wars everyone in Ian's life has yeah, had yeah, to yeah. put yeah. up with recently, every time... It's because every I'm, time we go to record, it's, it's oh, because I'm, I'm not collecting the yeah, vintage collection, it's not, it's like, the oh, vintage we, figures. Are we going to record? No, I'm watching an auction. Are we going to record? No, I'm in a shoebox trying my, to barter for an Ewok. It's all the look time. Look at my display case. Look at all that. It's lovely. Hey, you've I, made lovely I, things. I don't criticise you for all your ghost stuff. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't give you a hard time. We've all got to have hobbies. No, I have some hobby. Don't shout at me. I gave you an Ewok. You did give me an Ewok. So don't you... Not a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't actually sound that impressive, does it? No, it it doesn't actually. Well, she gave me a right Ewok. (laughs) I gave him Paplu. So, the... (laughs) Right, okay, let's... Callum. So, he said... Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis yeah, the yeah, Wise? Yeah. Okay, so what Callum's done there is he said, I want to leave my comment short. And then he's verbatim typed out a really long speech from yeah. Revenge of the Sith, is what yeah. he's done. It's very funny, but let's not read it out. <laughs> <laughs> Besides anything else, he's almost certainly copyrighted to high heaven. <laughs> and he also says, congrats on going public, sent it to a couple of my friends, and you now definitely have two new listeners in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And you so. have two less friends. <laughs> <laughs> and Annette Truby said nothing about Star Wars. Thanks, okay. Annette. But she also had similar trauma from American Big Wolf. Werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah. In London. Again, similar thing with the trauma of watching films when we weren't supposed to. And she said that the sound of people being attacked terrified her. This yeah. is when her mum and her brother were watching it downstairs. And she had to go and ask them to turn it down while covering her eyes so she didn't see anything. But when she did get round to seeing it, she was amazed at how bland it was compared to her imagination. Oh, okay. So I think that applies to a lot of esoterotica, doesn't it? It's it's the 
the expectation, your own interpretation yeah. of things that's far worse than the actual reality of things. My, well, my mum used to, when I was a little kid, when mm-hmm. I'd be in bed and stuff late at night, mm-hmm. maybe like 10 or 11 at night, Yeah. my mum used to, I want to say regularly, it probably wasn't regular, mm-hmm. just scream really loud, high-pitched, watching horror films. <laughs> like, watching it's, American yeah. Werewolf, Friday the 13th, yeah. I remember that one for definite. Yeah. It's a really loud scream, and I'd jump up, run downstairs and it was like they're watching a horror film she'd scream <laughs> really loud <laughs> this is the same yeah. mum that would say to a child never scream unless you're in trouble yeah I'm very relieved that you said when she was watching horror films yeah well what else at that point saying? it was just she'd just sit at night screaming she'd screaming and the other thing she would do as well she'd go jeepers <laughs> Like that, if there's a shock, yeah. if there's a jump scare. That's yeah. trauma in itself. Well, I guess that's another thing we forget, generationally, mm-hmm. that the reactions to horror films, things that you could just sit now and watch quite yeah. happily without, and go, this is stupid or this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, you know, like Dracula or whatever. Yeah. At the time, because they had no precedent in motion pictures, mm-hmm. so that was the first time that had been seen on a screen. Yeah. So, so it wasn't like... Oh, that's tame, because there was nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So that was scary. They'd been told it was scary. They had a post that said, in, in blood-curdling glory, or, what, or whatever yes, it would yeah. say, uh, you know, the terrifying wolf man, or what, you know, whatever yeah. it was. So they were primed before they went in there. Mm. So they were scared of things that would now be hard-pushed to get a PG certificate, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So I guess that would be early 70s. Well, I, I would, but I, I think our mums are a similar age. Yeah. And uh, mine has has never woken me up screaming at horror films. But, but you're younger than me. Yes. So y- you weren't around when your mum would have been watching them horror films in the early 70s, if indeed she was. It, no. It, it, it's the time. Yeah, period. I suppose so. But she does watch. She watches far more horror than I do. Far yeah, okay. more brutal things today right. than I do. And she'll just be sat there doing a knitting. Yeah, yeah. Watching someone being beheaded. Meanwhile, I'm taking my own eyes out trying not to watch it yeah but enough about my mother with the best personality in greater nottinghamshire alex parnell uh, wanted to add a little on sleep paralysis okay but he said so nicely if you'll let me so yes alex yes you can you're an owl there alex (laughs) sorry (laughs) alex said that um i can recall most instances of sleep paralysis happening just after going to university and when my wife was pregnant, so likely during periods of change. The accompanying dream was no old hag or demon, it was a fire breaking out in the room. Small flame, then eventually a blaze, and it was terrifying. But once I had researched and found out more about SP, as we're now calling it, the cool kids, I found it easier to snap out of it and wake up. I've not had it at all since I stopped smoking about five years ago. So maybe a contributing or aggravating factor in it is something chemical relating to smoking. I do believe people experience paranormal activity, but that paranormal activity is constructed in the mind. Right. So Alex has just told us his dream, has he? After all that I said last week, Alex has gone, I'm going to tell him my dream as well. Now, I understand (laughs) it from a point of view of, well, why should I not be able to tell mine if everyone else has told us? (laughs) I don't know if smoking would... I mean, does he mean smoking like... Smoking derifa, does he mean? <laughs> or maybe smoking in the bed, and that's what started the little fires all the time. I don't know. I mean, I, I've been a smoker at various points in my life, and yeah. I, I've no help. But I mean, I guess it wouldn't be the same for everyone. Maybe it would be an aggravating factor. Some people get lung cancer, some people don't. Yeah. You know, it it's obviously is a cause of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously is, but some people get away with it, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know about that, if smoking would cause it. Well, but if lung it, capacity. Mm. Yeah, good point, actually. Yeah. If, if you haven't got enough oxygen in you. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Could be that. 
Well, well done, Alex, on coming through it and then letting us know. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Now, what have your comments? Is that you? Are you done? That's all me. Um, okay, so my comments are Shane Darrell said, I've only just started catching up with loopholes and I absolutely love it. Can't wait to get up to speed. All the best. Thank you. I think Shane used to work at a radio station I used to work at. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy, Shane Darrell. Mike Beatty, cult beekeeper. <laughs> I used to get night terrors. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I didn't know what they were until I got into my 20s because I'd never thought to delve deeper as I had no idea other people had them. It was the exact same dream over and over. And he's going to now tell us that dream over and over. Mm-hmm. All I remember is slow motion talking. That's a scary idea. Pressure and pair of eyes. Again, exactly the same dream from being maybe five to six onwards. Yeah. I remember the last time I had when I was 17 and I'd finished work and got my head down in bed for an hour. The next thing I know, I'd woken up in the front garden soaked through. I think I'd peed myself as well, but it was only time I ever tried to escape as far as I know. I think the psychology of it is probably the same as sleep paralysis. Discuss. No, 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 That's horrible. Not discussing that. That's something you need to talk to your doctor about that. <laughs> you wet <laughs> yourself in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> in the well, garden. This has just reminded You're me. You're waking up in the garden, mate. No, we, we're not qualified to talk about that sort of thing. I think I did end up in the garden once when I was a kid from having constant night terrors or a constant bad dream. Right. Super quick. It yeah. was uh, a dream about a pedal car from my nursery. It was a white, sort of pointy Formula One style 80s kids pedal car. So you're doing it now, isn't it? And I called it Stingy Car. And Stingy Car followed me until my early teens. Next question. Well, but what what do you want anyone to say to that? What do Uh, any of these. What does Mike want me to say to that? I'm just joining. Oh, great dream. I just feel like, it's like Freddy, if I tell people about Stingy Car and Disperse, it'll be fine now. But where where does the discussion come from on the back of that? Well, I do my podcast too. I used to dream about Stingy Car, and then there's just a weird, awkward silence. You made that awkward silence. Come on, what's the next one? PJ, I think you mentioned Ouija boards before, but I don't recall you discussing the patent office story. A, this is a touchy subject yeah. today, PJ. Because as I said last week, we've been listening back to vet old episodes mm. and we found an old episode where we had nearly word for word yes. the really? exact discussion that we had last week yeah. about waking ourselves up from dreams. Isn't that odd? Yeah. I guess when you're getting into like big episodes, so we're 21 now, you know, mm-hmm. you, you start and we talk a lot. We do. We do. We do yeah. walk along. It's the first time I've heard of it and listened to most episodes, I reckon. I know Kate once did a chat on Patreon about esoterotic dinner ladies that were having a go at Poundland for selling cheap spirit boards. Fair, but fighty points were made. By Kate, esoterotic dinner ladies are rubbish. (laughs) In terms of how the boards work, I can't believe that a spirit is moving the planchette, but find the ideometer effect interesting. Get me showing off with those words I just looked up on Google. It is interesting, though, not looking up words on Google, the subconscious movement thing. People have started leaving comments like they're dreaming. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to stop this. We're having a sleepover in the comments. It's lovely. Sean Barfoot and a few other people said this. I would bloody love an Enfield special. I think it's on the cards. You know? It would be so long. Yeah. I honestly think it would be one of those things that we do, and I'm, I'm mm. happy to do it, mm. that nobody would ever listen to all of it. Yeah, we can put I, that as a challenge. But I've got a podcast like that where, yeah. you know, I've, 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 all, the best, and audiobooks, mm-hmm. the best will in the world. Yeah. 
I'm going to listen to it, mm-hmm. that I just never got to. Yeah. Because it's such a commitment to get through that. And it would, it'd be four hours at least. But we could do them as separate ones. Oh, but it's just a waste of our time if nobody listens to it. No, it makes a lot of my new books tax deductible. Let's okay, Tangle of the Robe said, thank you for the episode, dear leader. That's me, by the way, that's a different thing. And for also keeping us humble, I sincerely promise to never tell you about something that didn't happen whilst I was sleeping unsolicited. Thank you, Tangle, we're getting somewhere. Wrinkly, wrinkly Abby. <laughs> So Abby has changed her name to Wrinkly Abby. I have I, I respect that, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Last night I dreamt that just kidding. Great episode. I wouldn't say no to a four hour Enfield episode, honestly. We See? we need to screen grab all these. So if we get complaints that we can say, well, you asked for it. I don't think there'll be complaints, but if, if they don't comment on them and stuff, you know, yeah. if we if we do that no good point. and they're not engaged, we can go, hey, we can send direct messages. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really did this for you. Alison Norton, I have to contrast PJ and say I'm sure the Ouija board has been discussed already. Time for Ian's favourite subject, Mandela Effect. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we'll be able to tell you relatively soon whether it was or not because we're listening to all the old episodes. We'll let you know. And if you've got a memory of it being discussed and it wasn't, then you just weren't concentrating, Alice. (laughs) Rob Graves, I intentionally didn't bother comment last... I I like that you said didn't bother. I intentionally didn't bother commenting last week. You could have just said, I intentionally didn't comment last week. <laughs> There's something about didn't bother. <laughs> yeah. Can that go up? Rob Graves' is bother with Matt Ebbs' is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Having spoken about my sleep paralysis before and not want to slow the episode. Oh, honestly, there's always another, Rob. Don't worry. Still didn't get my God Helmet episode. I mean, the way these comments are going today, you're still not going to. Yeah. Keep it brief, fellow listeners, and we might get it next week. It was a great episode anyway. Thank you both. Thank you, Rob. Andy Walker, I've never heard the patent office story before. Also, I'm way more squeamish and risk-averse as I've gotten older. I don't think I'm risk-averse. I'm definitely more squeamish. I don't think I'm risk averse. Really? Yeah, I don't think I am. Oh, I definitely am. Annette Trudy, as your comms professional, I should have been aware that I was using the comments function erroneously. I apologise for my unsolicited solicited comments and promise to keep my comments concise and on brand in future. Great episode, thanks. I'm all for an Enfield special. Screen grab it. P.L. Surratt, pilfer of pens. That's their job in the cult. Mm -hmm. My favourite birthday gift as a child was a dictionary. That's because you were saying you got dictionaries. I got dictionaries as well, by the way. I don't think it's that uncommon, is it, for a kid to get a dictionary? I don't know nowadays. I'm not sure if kids nowadays would get one. Perhaps. I guess because you you've got dictionaries online yeah, and on phones and that sort of thing. thing. I was disappointed with the paperback ones issued by my school, so my indulgent father surprised me with a full set of world book encyclopedias, which included a two-volume set of dictionaries and a thesaurus. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Best gift ever. Dear cult leader, that's me. I refuse to apologise for the unsolicited comment. It's more for Dr. Kate anyway. There you go. Thank you very much. You two can I have childhood dictionary envy. Yeah. (laughs) Dan Norton, cult meatloaf. Don't worry about it. You needed to be on my Patreon. Glad that the public launch seems to have gone smoothly and that the cult is leaking out into other podcasts so the public can start to experience the word of Ian. Since Hasbro does a lot of tie-ins and cross-promotion pieces with the different brands they own, Mm -hmm. I hope they do that with Ouija boards at some point. I'd love to see the dinner lady response if there was an official Transformers or My Little Pony Ouija board. You know full well if there was a My Little Pony Ouija board, I would die of happiness. That is all of my key interests (laughs) in one product. But it wouldn't say yes and no and stuff. It'd just be knocks, wouldn't it, as they hit their hoof. (laughs) (laughs) Two knocks for yes. One for no. Love that. And Richard Shaw writes as well done on sleeping with girls for GCSE result debacle and <laughs> I was playing championship manager. Well, what can I say, Richard? I mean, I don't want to be gauche, but can't all be cool, can we not? No. Mate? <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what? Not to make you jealous, mate, but I play computer games as well. 
did both, mate. I've got two hands on it. Oh, oh God. Next, are there any more comments here? Oh, thank God for that. Right, let's move on to the next section, please, quickly. Welcome to Loopholes. It's not really been that, has it? <laughs> Dreading this. We're finally doing the God Helmet. The God Helmet. It's going to be, is it going to be like proper scientific, this? I, not really, because I'm not... I know nothing about it. I'm not proper scientific, no. so... But you've got of... all your research and things, haven't you? I've read a lot about it. Yeah. And I've tried to put it into handy little chunks that Kate's brain can manage. Okay, I'll be the listener. I'll just react. Okay. I'll react and try and understand. Right. How complicated is this? Not really, when you get down to it. All right, for someone that doesn't have a doctorate, how complicated might it be? I don't don't think it's... Someone that threw their GCSEs because they were doing kissing. (laughs) Let's just see how we get on. I should point out, I got them all eventually. Just first time around, it was a bit of a car crash. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that other people have managed to do both? GCSEs and kissing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, not not me. I go full (laughs) tilt, so that's the problem. (laughs) Right, so, the God Helmet... Yeah. What is it? (laughs) It's a helmet that you put on and it's an attempt to kind of pathologise God and ghosts. You've lost me at pathologise. Okay. So it's an actual physical helmet. It's a physical helmet. It's like it's an experimental piece of scientific apparatus. Where would one get this? Toys R Us? Well, no, you can recreate it yourself. Smiths or Smythes. I always call it Smythes, do you? Yeah. Yeah, because it's got a wine on it. I I call it Smythes. Do you? Yeah. It's because you're a classy lad, that's why. But you can create these god helmets at home. Okay. Many people on YouTube and whatever have attempted to. Right. Sort of. But basically, it was it was originally called the Corrin helmet. Okay. Because it was invented by someone called Stanley Corrin. But it has been kind of developed and pushed by someone called Michael Persinger. Right. Or Persinger. But what is it? Michael Persinger first. Yeah. Might be a familiar name to lots of people in... His own family. <laughs> in Esoterotica. Yeah. Because although he's a, he's a real scientist... I don't know him. He explains a lot of stuff to do with aliens and UFOs. Right, okay. He's very alien-focused. This helmet... Yes. ...is meant to study religious experiences, why we see certain things that aren't there, and it's basically all fixed around the temporal lobes. So it's the bits of the brain that are behind your ear. But what is it? So it is a helmet yes. that you put on. Yeah. It's got some magnets in it. Yes. And it gently stimulates the temporal lobes. Right. With like very weak magnetic fields. And measures what? And it measures like altered states. Right. And mystical experiences. So it measures brain activity. Okay. So one thing at a time. So if it measures when we see things... But it measures the effects of stimulation on the temporal lobes. Okay, so what stimulation do we use here? Very weak magnetic fields. Right. Okay, so this is Kate's Guide to the Brain. Okay. Or the marshmallow, as we called it a few weeks ago. So most of our our functional marshmallow, like what we use to think, is dispersed over the outer layer. Right. So that's why it's all crinkly. Yeah. And different for everyone. So a crinkly outer layer of marshmallow yeah. is doing all the main work. And is it's personal to us. Every marshmallow is like fingerprint fat fans. Okay. So the God Helmet... <laughs> Do you know why it's called that? Because it's kind of used to replicate things like near-death experiences right. and experiences where people see God or 
or see, you know, mystical figures Is and things like that. Is it too early in this discussion for me to call this man a lunatic? No, 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 not at all. Go for it. What on earth? Come on, let's go. Let's so, hear it. So, can magnets, very weak magnets, yeah. provoke, like, measurable religious and esoterotic experiences? So, I know what you're expecting this helmet to look like, something very scientific and fancy. Yeah. No, it was literally a snowmobile helmet. Okay. So it was a modified snowmobile helmet with magnets placed on the temporal lobes. The magnets themselves are really, really small right. compared to what actual brain science folk do. People that know what they're on about. People that yeah, really okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so rather than this maniac and potential <laughs> extreme drunk was doing in his garage. <laughs> so look, the god helmet yeah. It's it's very interesting because it was it was pre- it was also really used with a, a view to proving or, or validating the theory yeah. that religious and supernatural yeah. experiences are due to temporal lobe function. So that's why I say it's pathologizing. So it's trying to make ghosts scientific. But it's also dismissing ghosts, isn't it? Yeah. It's saying no, it's yeah. not a ghost. This is what's wrong with your brain. Yes. Or this is how your brain is responding to something. Yeah. It's not a ghost. You're seeing things. Yeah. So they okay. they studied like the brain function of religious people, like nuns. Right. And in a lot of instances, they recited Psalm twenty three. Okay. Which is popular with a lot of converts. It's the the Lord is my shepherd one. Yeah. The theme tune from the Vicar of Dibley. Okay. So essentially, in part of the experiments with the God helmet, they told nuns to recite a psalm shoved them in an MRI machine and right. went, well... So it, so where was he coming from with this? Is he coming from this from a sceptical viewpoint? Is he coming from this to go to try and explain whilst people believe in things that are scientifically demonstrably untrue? Yes, So it's trying to find... This is actually trying to find a loophole, isn't it? That's yes. what he's doing here. Yeah. Forgive me for calling you a drunk in a garage because it sounds <laughs> like this actually makes sense. So the God Helmet, if I'm understanding correctly... Yes. ...is actually to explain why it's not ghosts. Well, it was created to prove this kind of flowchart of hypotheses right. by him, which I think I understand now, because I'm not a scientific person, Okay. but I get it. Okay, so there's three hypotheses. Okay. So the first one, yeah. he hypothesised that the human sense of self is made up over the two separate hemispheres of the brain. So if you put this snowmobile helmet on with the magnets, he wanted to see if it would disrupt communication between the two. Right. Because if you need both parts to be your functional self, yeah. what would happen if there was just a little disruption there? What would that create? Would that create visions, strange senses, things like that? Okay, this is... I, I was getting ready mm-hmm. to say to you, I would remind you, you said earlier on this was going to be interesting. <laughs> And now I have to not uh, use that. Ah, uh, you see. Because this is interesting. So, again, layman's terms. And speaking before I've heard all the facts, I acknowledge all of that. Mm-hmm. However, there is a thing, isn't there, within all the ghost hunting business and all that, and I've seen you do it on the telly, mm-hmm. where you measure mm-hmm. EMF yes. in the air in places that are quote-unquote haunted. Yes. Okay? So, if the hypothesis is that if that EMF is in the air, mm-hmm. that's not because ghosts are giving off EMF, that's because that's in the air, and so they've got the cart before the horse, mm-hmm. and is making you think there are ghosts there because it's disrupting your brain. Ah, there are so many EMF crossovers with this. So the thing is, even when ghost hunters say, oh, well, if we detect EMF, that means there's a ghost there because a ghost is 
is made up of energy yeah. and this will detect spikes in energy. Okay. And then on the other hand, you've got people saying if you go to a location where there are natural spikes in EMF, that will attract ghosts. And then on top of that, you've got the natural EMF of the earth. Yeah. So it all just gets a bit murky. Well, let's listen to the first point. Okay. Rather than the second point, which was dinner ladies desperately scrambling for an answer to something okay. that has disproved them. <laughs> I think there's an idea there. Yes. I think there's an idea there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but there's an idea there that, that it's the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. That the EMF you're measuring is, the, is what's making you think it's haunted. Exactly. So if there were big spikes in EMF, yeah. would that interrupt your brain and make you see things yeah so so, so the counter of going well no because a lot of emf means that ghosts come to it so that's why they're there that sounds like a desperate counter argument uh, but the thing is let's just let's go on to the there okay. are three hypotheses okay so that we've got we've the first done one. one haven't we there's the still time one. for me to push him back in the garage with his whiskey <laughs> <laughs> so the second one is when you know the, the hemispheres are interrupted this can cause, now this is a scientific term, but don't worry. Okay. Because it frightened me at first and I'm okay with it now. Okay. It can cause something called interhemispheric intrusions. Right. Right. So just intrusions, basically. So the interruptions between these spheres can cause sort of crossovers in awareness. And this is when you can maybe start seeing things or sensing people that aren't tangibly there. So it's this is the bit where... Freddy could come to life. In your mind? Yes, in yeah. your mind. In your mind. And then the third hypothesis is kind of similar to this. Well, can I address these one at a time? Mm-hmm. So the second hypothesis I'm also on board with, which is, in fact, I'm more than on board with mm-hmm. it, which is basically, to paraphrase what's just been said, that all ghost hunters and people that believe in ghosts are broken in the brain. <laughs> Like, Would that be an, fair comment, according to the hypothesis? Well, not. it's not targeted at ghost hunters. But even, it's, even it's, the way you worded that then, you said, yeah. and Freddy comes to life, and I said, you think he has. It's not. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not a tulpa. You haven't, it hasn't created it. No, it's measuring all experiences that are to do with something that is traditionally immeasurable or something that's traditionally intangible. Right. So, you know, religious, supernatural, yeah. unsettling, things like that. So the third hypothesis kind of leads on from that, and that's to do with visitor experiences. Okay. So again, we get tied into aliens and things like that. Yeah. And this suggests that the intrusions that we just mentioned are the actual cause of visitor experiences. Right. So that would encompass aliens, ghosts, goblins, God, Jesus, yeah. all those sort of things coming into your life. And that isn't his own theory. It was based on Julian James's theory from several decades before. Okay, but again, the basic concept is, if you believe in this stuff, your brain is broken. Well, essentially, well, he... Well, it's testing to see if it is, isn't it? It's testing to see if you have normal brain functionality. Mm-hmm. Or when you're, as you say, if you're doing Lord is My Shepherd to a nun mm-hmm. who is, you know, committed and has faith and is mm-hmm. all in on that, yeah. they're going to have an emotive reaction. So if you're testing at that point, is their brain broke when they're thinking this way? Then that surely that's the overall idea of it, isn't it? It's that not, your brain's broke. Oh, I suppose it's, but it's not isolating certain people as having broken brains. It's it's to study a broad cross section in theory. Okay. Okay. So to extrapolate on those hypotheses, he says in the world of aliens, of you know UFOs and ghosties and paranormal stuff, he has then said that he believes that all those experiences are down to the wider magnetic environments in which we live. Yeah. So, you know, the Earth's natural magnetic yeah. pull, things like that. 
But is this missing the plausibility of those things actually being real? Yes. Yeah, it's giving, Bro- it's giving an alternate explanation. Yes. More plausible explanation, so I, as I would see it. So before we go into the snowmobile helmet room, mm. he personally reported, he's very controversial, mind. Okay. He personally reported that at least 80% of participants in his study felt a presence in the room. Okay, and this can be like the third man syndrome, I think it's called. I don't know that. Which is when, you know, in, if people are in... Uh, situations of like extreme stress or trauma okay like shackleton ernest shackleton right okay from 1914 to 17 he very famously went on an antarctic exhibition everything went wrong right. you know, they were trapped there for a very long time there's a lot of death yeah. it was horrible and he wrote in his diaries that there was an extra man there right. even though okay. there wasn't right so it's this kind of the, they call it the third man syndrome because it's this extra person who, in theory, your brain creates to help you through that trauma. That comes about in times of trauma and stress. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, so he kind of believes that maybe that is related to things that the God Helmet can measure, things to do with Were the people that were doing this God Helmet experiment, Mm -hmm. were they aware of what it was and why it was being applied to them? So were, were they under stress of... It's like if someone who's very religious or had mm-hmm. a strong, not even religious, had a strong faith mm-hmm. in the afterlife or a supreme being yeah. or whatever it is, the idea that they were going in somewhere, if they knew what it was all yeah. about, are they going to rob me of my faith? Are they going to rob me of yeah. my comfort? Was that. Well, he's been really widely criticised for how he did these experiments because of the, the suggestibility, and they, they weren't blind experiments at all. Right. Since he, he'd started doing these, these God Helmet things, Several research groups, including quite famously this group of Swedish researchers, tried to replicate his results. Right. To no avail at all. Everything went wrong. But in his defence, there's only so much pandering you can do to thin ladies, isn't there? I suppose so. (laughs) Before you eventually have to just go, you're just not right in the head. (laughs) But from from these failed replications, they were saying... I can't even argue with you anymore. You're just not right. (laughs) They dismissed the God Helmet by saying... You know, it was on for such a short period of time. Right, okay. And he was picking people with quite high levels of, of suggestibility. Right. And so... Well, we know that because they arrived believing in stuff. Of course so... <laughs> they've got high levels of suggestibility. I mean, it was it was theoretically interesting because he, he did these experiments within, like, an acoustic chamber in, a, in like, a Faraday cage. Right. Which shields out all, all EMF yeah. emissions and, and radiation. Yeah. Of course, except for the Earth's magnetic field. But to try and prove the scientific validity of his God Helmet, for some reason he chose to put it on Richard Dawkins several years later, the famous atheist yeah. and uh, fun stopper. <laughs> you know? So he's uh, Richard Dawkins, I think I think he's still Professor of Public Understanding of Science or I've something got no like idea. that. He did, did the God Delusion yes, book, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And um, big into genetics for being the reasons for things so he's, he's a professor at oxford university right okay but um i think i'll probably end up being that you know if i keep think so? cracking on with this skeptic stuff yeah i think eventually they'll go that's the kind of guy we need in our organization <laughs> <laughs> somebody will just tell these idiots to yeah. shut up <laughs> <laughs> well you know they tried it on richard dawkins i think believing that he would then give them data that they can then put forward and go see prove that the the helmet works okay but Dawkins didn't even feel a presence. He felt nothing while he had the helmet on and just felt quite cosy. Right. 
So that was a massive failure. That was meant to be Persinger's big but, success. So what, why is that a failure then? So this is, is there not a, uh, can I not put forward my Bowlesworth hypothesis here? Please do. Again, as someone who knows literally what you've told me today. Okay. <laughs> and however much of that I've understood. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I know at this point yes. in time. But it would appear to me that even without the Faraday cage and all that, and, you know, mm-hmm. applying... Uh, EMF or whatever, however it's done to provoke a response. Mm-hmm. If your if your starting point is people of faith, and by people of faith I mean people yeah. who believe in either an afterlife and ghosts and ghouls yeah. in whatever they believe in. It wasn't just nuns. That was like a side quest for right. Them. Okay. It was a. There were lots of different people involved. Okay. So what were the results of those people? Were, were, were they all all he, of them? He said broadly across across the board high success rates at 80% of right. people regardless of whether or not they were nuns or religious people or anything yeah, like that okay. 80% of people experienced sensing a presence now it depended on the person yeah. whether they defined that presence as like as an angel a deceased yes. being yes or... totally yes. right so putting myself into that situation mm-hmm. and we've discussed this I've discussed this in broadcasting plenty of times mm-hmm. and, and where I've said that when I go into a reportedly haunted place, yes, I never ever get scared. Mm-hmm. Never, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, I I've said before, like I'm maybe I'm a psychopath. Maybe there's something really <laughs> wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I'm so entrenched now with every conceivable counter explanation. Yes. Every single one mm-hmm. is so in in me now mm-hmm. that I I've got literally got an answer for everything. Yeah. And, coupled with that, I know all the tricks. So I know all the things that make people that do believe in it mm-hmm. susceptible to fear. So I know all the things about turning the lights off. I know all the things about how your brain reacts to there mm-hmm. being no light in a room and your brain creates things. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm prepped. Yes. I'm prepped and primed in them situations yeah. to not get scared. Now, I have not always been like that. Mm-hmm. I used to, years and years ago, staying at my granddad's house, we'd go across the road to the garages, where mm-hmm. his garage was across the road behind some of the houses. Mm-hmm. Pitch black. Get scared then. There's going to be a monster there. You know, I, mm-hmm. My imagination would run riot. It would yeah. happen. I'm not immune to it. Mm-hmm. But it's so entrenched in me now yeah. that I kind of am immune to it now. Yeah. So I would say the same applies to Richard Dawkins. That Richard yes, Dawkins exactly. is so entrenched. He's got yeah. his argument so mm-hmm. set. Yeah. He's explored every other possibility. Regardless mm-hmm. of what you think of Dawkins, mm-hmm. you know, the God delusion, as a a, a written thesis, yeah. pretty strong in terms of its how it sets itself out. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not, well, I feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's... Yeah, well, I, I think that's... It's a good point because if... So maybe he is immune is what I'm saying. Maybe yes, he is yeah, immune it, from well, that because he's so entrenched. It's because of that lack of suggestibility. So when people were criticising the God Helmet, mm. saying, well, of course you're going to get really good responses, you're using the most suggestible people in the world. Yeah. So then that could be why he said, well, I'm going to test it on Richard Dawkins. Who's the second least susceptible person. Exactly. After to, me. Yes, to prove <laughs> I was busy. busy. I think I had a gig. Yeah. <laughs> When was this? How long ago was this? Um, I think a lot of the like the Swedish replications were in about two thousand and four, but they've been going on for a long time. Okay, so is this dude still. still active in doing this? Is he still like he's still a scientist? On with it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I said earlier on he might be a drunk in a garage, so he could <laughs> sue me. <laughs> 
You said might. Yeah, did it's I? It's all right. I th- yeah. Okay. Well, you did now. We can always insert it later. Well, I was just being like, you know, I'd picked the wrong enemy early on. I thought he was going to be a, a nutter. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he's actually quite science. But broadly, a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in these, ironically, mm. in these God helmets experiments and broadly have come to, to acknowledge that this idea of like a sensed presence and you know visions of, of God and ghosts and things like that are predicted more by suggestibility mm. rather than the the application of these transcranial weak magnetic fields. Or that the ghosts are just there. Or that they are just there and they are real. Can so I, they're your two options. Okay, can I uh, give a metaphor for this? Please do. At this point. Don't stop me, just mm-hmm. let me say it. Okay. You know that recently I have been getting the vintage Star Wars collection figures. Mm. <laughs> I've gone on a bit of a quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sold them years ago, the ones that I had, and I decided to try and get them all again. Mm. Just the just the vintage Kenner stroke Palatoy line. That's what I wanted. Just the figures on their own, right? Mm. Now, one of the things that people will know on my page and stuff like that, one of the things that I am not bothered about is repros, mm-hmm. be that a reproduction of the figure, or more commonly, a reproduction of the weapon. Mm-hmm. However, when I've been to toy fairs, especially a toy fair that was just Star Wars toys, yeah, they were really lovely people to chat to until I would pick up a figure and go, oh, well, this one's all right, this is only three quid. And they go, oh, that's not the weapon. I go, oh, I'll get a repro weapon. Until that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, everything changed. Yeah, They looked at me. Like I was scum. <laughs> Absolute scum. Yes. Okay? Really quite off with me and mm-hmm. horrible. Now, the reason for that I put forward is because they are selling vintage Star Wars figures mm-hmm. for stupid money a lot of the time. Yes. With weapons, stupid money. Mm-hmm. If people can find a shortcut, as in bypass that stupid money, like I've done where I've not paid more than, like, four quid a figure, mm-hmm. averaged out, yes. and just get cheapo repro weapons that look no different to the originals, mm-hmm. I'm all good, but they're not. That damages their business. Yes. So I would put it forward, this is the metaphor, mm-hmm. an experiment such as this one will always get loud vocal condemnation mm-hmm. from the esoteric community. Yeah. Because if it's the same as I do, same mm-hmm. as you do, and you believe in it, if there's any risk... Yeah. Of their business mm-hmm. being undermined and challenged, yeah. they need to shoot that down fast. Yeah. It's very short-sighted, okay. and that's what I think has happened there. Okay. I think there's a real interesting duality to that. Okay. Because there's a really popular experiment at the minute with uh, ghost botherers yeah. of the esoterotic crowd okay. called the Estes Method. Oh, we're all doing that. I know, you can't, can't stop me, mate. You can't stop me. <laughs> it's called the what, sorry? The Estes method. Estes. Yes, okay. it's named after the, the person that popularised it, but I think versions of it have been going on for a long time. Okay. And there's no crash helmet with this one, but it's a similar method of sensory deprivation. So while in the God helmet experiment, sometimes a blindfold was used so that the sitter could focus, you know, on their feelings and things like that. With the Estes method, so... You know, blindfolded, headphones. The only thing you can hear is kind of white noise. You have a like an SB7 or a spirit box, Mm. which just looks like a a fag packet that cycles through radio waves. Yeah. 
So it just sounds like... Yeah. And then occasionally... Well, the, the theory is that ghosts, spooks, whatever, can use these radio waves to communicate. And so any words that you hear fully formed, mm. you should shout out. Right. And then people in the room can then see if that pieces together with the questions that they're asking okay. or things to do with the building. You know, it's all that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's the focus on sensory deprivation to kind of focus this unseen sense. Mm. So I think it's quite ironic that the the God helmet is ultimately trying to disprove the validity of experiments like the Estes method. Right. Whereas that's arguably one of the most popular experiments at the minute. Now, you see, where I would contest that mm. is they're doing two different things. So the God Helmet, again, I will point out, of which I know what I have heard today, yes. and even less than that, what I've understood. The God Helmet is, as I understand it, is measuring mm -hmm. your reactions. And in the... STD check that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to provoke you into doing it. Well, I don't know. Provoke isn't necessarily. It, yeah, it's, it totally is. It's not consciously trying to provoke. Right. And I've said this before, and I don't know what I can do other not, than just repeat yeah, it. Yeah. Because it has me tearing my hair out this. Yeah. But I can't get a proper discussion back about this. Yeah. I don't understand how something that is designed, let's say, in warfare. <laughs> To yes. get information out of people by breaking their heads. Yeah. Or as a punishment to prisoners. Mm -hmm. Sensory deprivation, putting yeah. them in solitary, putting them in, you know, in, in a in a black box for two weeks. Yeah. As a punishment mm. to make them go bonkers. Yeah. It, it's it, no, it doesn't seem it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not to go all Hamlet on you, but it it, it it's they've seen that and mm. gone, let's do that. On our ghost tour. <laughs> Let's make people go crackers. Yeah. Look. Look what happens when they do it to prisoners. And look what happens when they do it oh, when yeah. they're torturing people. Yeah. It makes them see things. It makes them shout <laughs> stuff out. It makes them think there's someone else in the room. Let's do that on our ghost tour. Right. The our latest thing we're doing to get the ghost. And this is a very strong... Get a lot of results from this, actually. Uh, when we do our ghost tour... Is uh is we're going to blindfold you? We're going to put noise cancelling headphones on you. That sounds like solitary confinement. No, it's not that. It's the ST uh, test. This we're going to do all that. You're yeah. going to sit there. Your brain's going to not know up from down. Mm. Your brain's going to start creating things because it has no stimulation coming in at all. Mm. This is biology. This isn't to do with ghosts. It's biology. Yeah. To be honest with you, on on a on a well being front, mm -hmm. you'd have to go. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that because. All right, we believe that that brings ghosts into the L. But if they say, we we believe that that is something where you can hear ghosts speak and all that sort of thing. Mm. But that also does make people go bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't do that. Yeah. Okay, well, and this is where I actually think, all frivolity aside, yes. I actually think uh, when we talk about duty of care and we talk mm -hmm. about responsibility and all that sort of thing, to mm -hmm. put somebody in a position where they're blindfolded, well, when they're in solitary confinement, to mm -hmm. do that for a hobby... Mm is no different to taking heroin. I truly believe that. Okay. 
Because it's, it's equally as risky. Okay. I believe that. Okay. I'm, I'm not being facetious there at mm-hmm. all. It's no different. It's something that can cause you serious mental issues. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether ghosts exist or not, forget that. The experiment itself mm-hmm. can cause somebody serious mental issues. Mm-hmm. It's messing about with something that shouldn't be messed about with in that way. Mm-hmm. And if you've got someone who's starting to get results... Yeah in that situation, who's starting to hear things and see things, it should be stopped immediately. Mm-hmm. Not allowed to continue. Oh, well, what else are they saying? What else are they saying? Yeah. They've gone mad. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. Okay. I but really I, believe I definitely, that. I definitely believe that there should be um, more awareness of, of duty of care around There, there is no duty of care to that. If you allow somebody who's blindfolded with headphones on the rest mm-hmm. of it to go all woozy and go all stupid and, and start thinking they can see things or whatever... Or believing that they've seen whatever mm-hmm. it is, if that's happening, you've got to stop that. I, I really okay, believe I, that. I, well, clearly, clearly you do. I mean, one and one of the the main lingering concerns of the God helmet, rather than rather than the Estes method, yeah, is that in the wrong hands could it be used for you know for torture it's or for mind control? Yeah, no, but it's it's really dangerous. If you were in a pub working behind a bar and you've been serving someone pints all night and they came to the bar acting like that, you'd be told to stop serving them. Yeah. You wouldn't go, give them another one, see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this fellow here thinks he can see ghosts. He's been drinking all afternoon. Give him another one, see if he can see another another ghost. Give him a whiskey. <laughs> give him a whiskey chaser. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm very conflicted with the Estes. No, of course you are. Very, very conflicted. Yeah, of course you are. Um, but I, I do recognise, and I think I've said several times before, that ethics and safeguarding and, and duties of care within the paranormal is something that isn't really considered as much as it should be because teams especially who do a lot of their things online have Mm. social media things like that there's a big pressure to get results that will get clicks yeah and so a lot of things like being safe being kind to your friends can get put on the back burner i must say by the way Mm. the way i was saying that then made perhaps made it sound like they all do just let it continue Yes. There are plenty of people mm-hmm. who run ghost tours mm-hmm. and all that nonsense, copyright Ian, yeah. who would stop it immediately. Yeah, that point. if someone was, if someone was in distress yes. or if someone was, you know, getting over animated or whatever, they mm-hmm. would stop it immediately. Yeah. They would look after someone mm-hmm. in that respect. So I've perhaps accidentally been unfair there to make it sound like everyone mm-hmm. is just carrying on doing the experiment when they've clearly flipped out in some yeah. way. But there are others who wouldn't. Mm. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. Or I know some who are like that. Yes. So, I, I mean, the, the only hope I have with this mm-hmm. is that one day they'll be jailed for it. Right. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I actually think that. Is that one day something will happen on one of these ghost tours mm-hmm. or one of these ghost hunting evenings at something. Yeah. And in a court of law, afterwards they'll go, what? Yeah. You did I, uh, what? I, I believe that... Because they are increasing in popularity, and a lot of locations now have, you know, their their one sort of host or guide for that yeah. location who has absolutely no training at all. Training in what though? Except, well, no training in in safeguarding, no training yeah. in in anything that would be tangibly helpful when dealing with a lot of people that might be in high levels of stress. But do you not think that if they did, if they did have training in it, mm-hmm. they'd arrive and go? I, I can't do any of this. <laughs> do you know, like genuinely. Yes. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, with the popularity, they need people to run these things, people that need results to keep the businesses going. And so, again, you know, a lot of 
these people in positions of power might not have the gall to step in and say, I think you should stop. Do you know what we've not discussed before, and I think it's an interesting thing to discuss, I'm surprised this has never been brought mm. up, is how many of these places mm. make you sign a waiver before you go in? Yeah, that's on the rise. A lot of them do. I know when yeah. we were filming the movie, yeah, there were quite a few things that yeah. had to be signed. And they seemed relatively frivolous mm. because of the way they were worded. It was almost like it was a joke. Yeah. But it was a legal document that I then went and privately had checked. Yeah. And was told it's not worth the paper it's written on. Yeah. You can't sign away your safety. Yeah. In, in reality. Yes. You yeah. Know, yeah. Because if you go in somewhere and you've signed a waiver mm-hmm. and then that house falls down on top of you, they still have a responsibility yes. for that. <laughs> Yeah. Because the the rule would be mm-hmm. that this is structural things this. Yeah. The rule would be no, it doesn't matter what they sign. Nobody is allowed in that house full stop. Yeah. And if you allow them in there, mm-hmm. even if they've signed something saying they'll risk it, mm-hmm. if you allow them in there, you are still ultimately responsible for their safety. Yes. Because you've allowed yeah. them in somewhere that you know is structurally unsafe. Yeah. But the waiver's good publicity. Of course it is, but I'm sure that the waiver does legally cover some things. Even if the waiver just makes people go, well, I can't sue, I signed that waiver, and they never take it yeah, any further. Yeah. But I think signing a waiver to being in a haunted place, mm-hmm. to sign away your safety, yeah. when there's potential that you are going to be messed about with, mm-hmm. either by the people running it, either by the things you read online, you try and replicate yourself, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is murky and sinister. A little mm. bit to me, that. Definitely. A lot of it's... Well, it's like the God Helmet and the Estes. It's all manipulation of the senses. You're I, signing a waiver before you go in. You're scared before you get through that door. I completely understand the God Helmet, me. I'm an expert on it now. Oh, well, oh, I'm done. <laughs> my work here is done. Thank you. Was there more to say about it? <laughs> I thought that was my, my summary. As yeah, such. no, it yeah. was grand. Thank but I, I now worry that people listen to this and go... Well, you haven't even mentioned it. You know, it's well, all very probably. well for him to sit there going, oh, it's this, is this, is this. Yeah. But it isn't this and this and this at yeah. all, Ian. You don't know anything about it. I know I don't, but I've already made my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know? I'm famously close-minded, me. <laughs> That's why I never see a ghost. There we go. That was Loopholes episode 21. Fighty, I felt fighty then. Yeah. I got a bit charged up. Yeah. I like that. I, I like feeling I'm, that. I know I've taken my shawl off. I'm that I'm that scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not intimidated, am I? No, not to me. No. I'm not doing the game to anyone. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't taken you on a ghost hunt before. Well, so. They're only intimidated because I challenge their beliefs. Yeah. I'm not physically imposing no, no, or anything you're not, like that. Not at all. No. no. No, you're a nice boy. Yeah. Underneath it all. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I know we've had a lovely cheerful long discussion this week i found it fascinating but i do by the way give um a little bit of possibility to confirmation bias yes in how i was yeah. talking then yeah. i will I'll, I'll acknowledge that yeah i might have been twisting that to work in my favor yeah i think i was quite considered though i'll listen back to it yeah i think i'm um not from a scientific background oh i am at all well you are you know you and dawkins are like yeah, yeah. thick as thieves that first time around i got a d for physics <laughs> D for biology. I know I got C for biology. Oh, well done. Um, I didn't retake them once. Yeah. <laughs> I basically mainly had to get me maths. Yeah. Well, that's your main thing. Yeah, just to get into university. And then two years later, I decided that I didn't want to go to university, so I threw my A-levels. <laughs> <laughs> I went to drama school instead. Yeah. This is all just a performance. Yeah. <laughs> but, although we've had a nice, lovely discussion. Yeah. 
my favourite corner's been bumped. Your Again. Favorite? My celebrity say Oh, corner. my favourite corner. <laughs> my ce- it's my favourite corner. Yeah, but it's only been bumped because there's more interesting yes. things to talk about. <laughs> oh, but you don't know what we've got, mate. You don't know. Yeah. So next week, the corner will be carrying the main body of the podcast. Oh, really? You want to do that as the actual thing? Okay, I do, because I think it will raise some interesting discussion Does points. that not put pressure on you, though? It will, but, you You've know... You've got to make I'm, it good. I'm so invested in this corner. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, fair I enough. Think, I think it'll be, it'll be a good little chat. Well, that's Kate's suggestion. My suggestion for next week is that you all just tell us your dreams again. <laughs> <laughs> and we just read them all out. We spend about three or four hours <laughs> just reading out all your dreams. Well, yeah. if you want to tell us your dreams... Don't. Or, please don't. <laughs> or if you're from a scientific background and you're well clued up on the God Helmet and yeah. want to school us, please do. Please yeah, do. knock me down. I'd quite like that. Knock me down. If I've said things that are completely wrong there... And if I have as well, for that matter, because this was a whole you new world have. for You're me. clever. But if, if I've said things on emotion mm-hmm. that are completely wrong in that discussion, mm-hmm. tell me. And also tell us how you pronounce werewolf. Werewolf. There we go. So do so by joining either of our Patreons, patreon.com forward slash burials and beyond and patreon.com forward slash Ian Boldsworth. Is it going to be one or the other? Uh, preferably said, both. You said they can join either of them. Well, that you should join both. That's what okay. the proper, proper nice I mean, they're very different. The only thing that's the same is loopholes. We yeah. both put loopholes out yes. on Wednesday. Yeah. But they're very different in what the sort of stuff we do on Yeah. Them. But they're both brilliant. Yeah, both work very hard. We do. We're yeah, yeah. incredibly yeah. hard on it. So join both of those. Comment, like, all of that lovely stuff on Facebook at Loopholes Podcast, Instagram at Loopholes Pod, Twitter at Loopholes Pod, and you can send us an email at loopholespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I have been Kate Cheryl. I have been Ian Bowlesworth. And we'll speak to you next week. Do keep commenting, I'm sorry. Bye. Not dinner, ladies. Yeah. Loopholes is an Infinite Hermit production in association with Burials and Beyond, with Kate Cheryl and Ian Boldsworth. Music by Thomas Funderay, produced by Ian Boldsworth. Mm-hmm.